1: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
2: Jordan
3: and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina.
0: The home stops. He throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Rose.
3: Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome.
2: Week seven of the NFL season. Jordan and Jake podcast coming back to you, powered by Ortho Carolina. And when it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice. But there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Jake DeLohm, how we doing, man? I'm doing great.
3: I listened to your open, uh, kind of rush through it and things like that mine was a lot better but other than that i'm doing mm-hmm. great jordan can't complain i'd yeah. like to hear uh how'd your game go last friday and then i'd like to hear how the the trip went to los angeles and the flights yeah.
2: and everything involved so all I'm right ready well, we, got to to we got a lot to cover we got a lot to cover that's why i had to do the live read fast okay oh, last friday nice answer. last friday high school football team we did not win we were the underdog. We ended up losing by a fairly wide margin. However, it was one of those where we felt like we left a lot on the field. Uh, good effort, but tough, tough game. So now we play this week, a final game of the regular season. Winner gets second place in the conference, higher seating in the playoffs. You know, Jake, it's late October. High school football is prime time. We got frost on the ground in the morning. I mean, everything's right in the world. So, you know, I'm still positive and optimistic moving forward about how the Grizzlies are going to do this year. So, you know, it is what it is, to borrow a phrase we know all too well. I
3: love it. I uh, like the enthusiasm, and I know you kind of sounded like the team was tough last week. What about uh, tomorrow night? What about this game? Mm. Uh, you like the matchup? I would
2: say, yeah, the Weezer-Wolverines were pretty evenly matched. Weezer-Wolverines wolverine versus grizzly that's a tough battle i mean you got size and strength with the grizz but you know a wolverine everyone knows you got to kill that son of a gun for it to stop fighting so we'll see jake we'll see it's senior night at our place and all that that goes with it so it's kind of a big deal you know so yeah i do have one random thing to tell you that just made my day this morning would you like to hear
3: I would love to hear.
2: As you know, as a guy who's living in the area that he grew up in, sometimes things will happen from time to time that'll just make you be like, man, that is hilarious that there's that connection to my past. Here we go. So I'm just sitting down, getting ready to do this show with you. uh, And Dana, my wife, comes in. She goes, look what the the new librarian at the elementary school just sent me. So she shows me her phone. It's a picture of a book called Great Pro Running Backs by Jim DeFresney. Okay. So she found this thing like in a box somewhere in the elementary school library coffers. Okay. Came out in 1984. Picture of John Riggins on the front, number 44 with a cross face mask. That's how old this Correct. book is, right? Yes. Then she peels back the people that have checked it out. Guess who checked this son of a gun out? Nineteen eighty nine, October twenty fifth. Jake Jordan. Jordan Gross. Gross.
3: <laughs> that is so. No, okay, so okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it written in the, the the inside or the back of the book who checked it out? And Jordan. Yeah, Gross? like the
2: card. You remember the like in the real old days? Yes, the card. The, uh, there was okay, the my little question little sleeve. Is this. Yeah.
3: How many people have? checked it out since or or prior it appears
2: that it like got retired about 1990 because it's like me and all my buddies that all checked it out like on this final card and then it got sent to live in a box to only be discovered in a time capsule in 2022 that is
3: awesome I, that's it's that's, said, uh, only so that, in, only in your hometown i love
2: it <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a picture of it but it, just so you know i looked it up uh it features chapters on marcus allen earl campbell eric dickerson tony dorsett and more walter payton but here's right. the thing that's hilarious okay so put it in context so i'll go to my kids on the football team and i'll be like man you guys gotta run i want you to run like Christian McCaffrey or you know play linebacker like Bobby Wagner and I'm like go home and look it up and they'll come back yeah I checked out his highlights it was awesome we, we grew up in a world where you had to go check out great pro running backs with five-year-old information <laughs> and still photos to try to learn anything Jake what what it's like a whole different planet it's a whole different planet
3: it, it is definitely a whole different planet and you're so right because they can go and type in you know christian in with the mc and it's going to come up yep. immediately and they can watch college videos high school videos videos when he's a kid playing in mile high stadium because uh that's when he signed the sharpie i don't know if you've seen that footage of him
2: yeah doing that. okay
3: Uh yeah, so that's crazy. That's fun. Well, and I
2: the fun, the funny thing I would say too is I would say that the average kid when we were kids maybe had a little bit more football knowledge than kids now, just because like watching the game and playing the game with your there's less other stuff going on. Anyways, I just thought that was awesome and probably no one else. Okay, so okay,
3: I have a football. This okay. This exact scenario happened last night. I took my daughter to the JV You J-B read great game. pro
2: running backs in 1990. No, I did not. Or, oh, oh, so not the no. exact same.
3: So I'm watching a JV game. It is fourth and 25. Okay, mm. the team has just crossed the 50. They're, they're on like the 40 yard line. So fourth and 25, or maybe the 35. Because yes, if they have to, if they punt it. It's only going to be to the 20-yard line, so to speak. Got it. Because they, yep. walk, they walk it off. So they go for it. The defensive back intercepts the pass, pass down the field with no one around them around the sticks instead of just batting it down to get the ball yep. back. Yeah. Yep. So, Classic like, That's move. the thing. Classic move. And I told my daughter, I said, gosh, she's got to bat it down. And she's not really the football fan why and I explained it to her I said but that's the difficult part because if a kid has never sees an interception especially a defensive back they're going to catch it so do you go over those certain scenarios with your team that's my question
2: we do but a lot of it unfortunately comes after the fact we had one Friday night we were 4th and 10 on our own 15 called a jump ball to the corner of the end zone our QB unfortunately threw it out of bounds Mm -hmm. I said look like it was in a crowded part of the field, probability of a guy picking that off and returning it a hundred yards low. We're like, you gotta give our guy a chance, even contested there, because we're on our we're going in on the ten, trying to throw a fade. You know what I mean? Like what's what's especially the point in game it was like Pick or not, we got to get a chance. You know, we threw out of bounds. So no, it, there's so much well, to learn. I'm not about it. blaming
3: your quarterback because I've played with a guy in the NFL and I know numerous quarterbacks. If it's a hail mary at the end of the half or the end of the game, and yeah. they're gonna throw this ball out the back of the end zone
2: because they just don't to get not an get an interception.
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. I played with one that did it and ran off the field before he threw the pass. He said he wasn't going to be put into these BS situations. And I'm sitting really? on the sidelines, and the coach looks at me and goes, go throw it. Hadn't thrown a pass in an hour and a half because after warm-ups, you're just watching the game. So hurry up, grab a ball, throw two passes as quick as possible, and launch it into the end zone, and our receiver dropped the pass for a touchdown. How
2: about mm, that? You got thrown in that anyway, BS situation. Sorry. Sounds. Sounds like that other quarterback should have read "Great Pro Quarterbacks"
3: he by Jim DeFresne. That.
2: You know, <laughs> exactly right.
3: And I,
1: probably, and I probably,
3: I would have checked that book out anyway. L.A. Yeah,
2: Trent, oh, you. The Snickers Rookie Mistake of the Year program is rewarding football fans who share examples of rookie mistakes they've made because maybe they just needed a Snickers. At the end of the regular season, one will be crowned Snickers Rookie Mistake of the Year with the fan winning two tickets to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona and a chance to celebrate with the team on the field. To submit a rookie mistake and learn more, head to snickers.com slash mistake. L.A. trip, other than the game, I had a good time. I mean, I had fun at the game. I loved working with – seeing DL and seeing Zoke and working with the niche and all that, and the stadium was beautiful and blah, blah, blah. But, Jake, J- the, towards the end, for reasons you know, it got more and more challenging to paint the picture of good things happening for the Carolina Panthers. So, it we, <laughs> So unfortunate. We came out like our first drive went down, got a field goal. We're spreading the ball around. I kept saying on air like, "Oh, that's nice." They're letting they're letting PJ kind of get a feel for things. A lot of these outside extension of the run, you know, passes, little screens out to the side. Christian's running the ball well. The O line's doing their thing, and it's like the offense just never got out of that mode. And I'm not I'm not criticizing play calling or anything. It just we were stuck. And at one point in the fourth, fourth quarter, Anish said, how many plays, what's the over under on how many we've run this half. And there was like eight minutes to go in the fourth. I said, 12, he said, nine, we run nine plays. And it was just, it was just, I don't even know the right word, just rough. And then when Robbie got sent to the locker room, there's dysfunction on the sideline, which I think that was awesome. What ended up happening this week with him, just a lot of things to try to get right so Jake what it look like from home
3: well listen Jordan first drive very excited first quarter very excited even through the first half I mean first quarter I think what 11 minutes time of possession and for the Panthers compared to um you know 11 minutes and change and three minutes and change for the Rams so love that then the second quarter kind of just stubbed our toe this and that and then um yeah we get the pick six, which was huge going into half and just kind of, I think I'm like everybody else. I'm just kind of waiting to see like if we can get something going in the passing game, something down the field, Uh, I've said it numerous times. And, and that's something that's been quite a challenge to say the least. And that's probably putting it mildly, I guess you could say. Um, And then the second half, it just, it's like we're stuck And, and you're right. It's hard. It's hard when you're trying to paint this picture and, and be positive because really not a lot's happening positive on the football field in regards to success in trying to win a game and it's difficult it's hard and so uh it doesn't get any easier this week just like the nfl it doesn't matter that we're playing tampa and we're playing the 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 pissed off tom brady who's chewing out his offensive linemen because they couldn't um get in the end zone in essence against pittsburgh so it uh doesn't get any easier jordan And, and how do we fix it i'm not quite sure um Christian, I think, has been a, a steady hand for us. I think the O line has done a pretty good job for us this year. It looks like we might have a new addition to the starting lineup. Not so sure where Pat Elfline will be. I know he missed practice yesterday with a hip. So it depends if uh, one of the free agent acquisitions and Bozeman will get to play. So just want something positive to happen, Jordan. You know, hopefully we can get a cornerback or two back. And um, because this is a Tampa team that's. They're really and truly not playing good football. It's not the same Tampa team from two years ago and last year. Offensive line has been pretty much in flux, um, and just just hasn't just hasn't been crisp. It hasn't been well. I think it's evident when you watch them play. It's evident when you kind of see their mannerisms on the sideline. The head coach in the press conference basically saying that this team uh, are still living off the Super Bowl. Some players. so it, it's right for us, but. That's the thing. Can, can we do enough to be able to get us over that hump and try to search for a win? I uh, It's hard, Jordan. It's, it's, it, it, it's hard as a fan because you, you want to see us have success, but it's, it's pretty difficult.
2: I would say that the, the vibe in, at the, the, the hotel and everything, everybody I talked to leading up to the game was like a sense of relief, not that Coach Rule was gone, but relief that like that decision had been made and all right, we're rolling with Wilkes now. And and just like you and I talked about last week and I predicted would be the case, like everybody was comfortable and excited about Coach Wilkes. There was a good vibe, good mojo, and all that stuff. And the scary thing watching that Rams game was like, okay, I know they've been struggling on offense, but they still have all their receivers pretty much, and they still have Matthew Stafford. And it was amazing to watch how oh, McVeigh and those guys called that game and just kind of poked and prodded for ways to to move the ball down the field and their receivers running the ball was a massive part of that. And then sure enough, like that down the field stuff started happening. As our as our attrition was happening with our corners, and that's you know gonna be another thing this week. So just a tough game. I did though, before the game, get to see Julius Peppers, I haven't seen him in a while, and Matt Willig, our old teammate from long ago. So Matt Willig now you know, he was in, like, his 13th year. He was a backup tackle on our Super Bowl team and 04. He was in his 13th, 14th year then. Pep was in, you know, his second and third. I was in my first and second year during that. I hadn't seen those two guys and me together since 2004. I mean, forever. Right, Jake? And I don't know if this happened to you, but it was so weird standing in getting older version of the three of us. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, in yeah, my mind. You- <laughs> Yeah, in my mind, yeah, like, those guys were supposed to be doing, like, one-on-ones together, you know what I mean, and, like, battling, then I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, God, what? what's happened here, you know, like, still big, everybody's big and all that, but I'm like, well, this is a hell of a deal, this isn't how I remembered this relationship, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great.
3: You got to see Julius uh, and then Matt Willick. I mean, Matt was just such a – and that just goes to show you, yeah, here we go talking about old times, that Super Bowl team. He was a vital part of that football team. Just what he brought to the practice field every day His, I guess you could say, enthusiasm and, and like, look team and things like that. It just – you remember those players, and it wasn't just the stars on the team. It was all those – the meat and potato guys on the team that just kind of make up truly who we were, but that's, man, that's that awesome. Funny. Man. And yes, we, it, we are getting old hundred
2: percent. Yeah. And well, when you check out books in the eighties about great pro running backs, <laughs> that's maybe one indicator that you're not a young man anymore. Uh Okay. Jordan,
3: I got a question for you. I got, yeah. a question. um, I, I know he's gone Robbie Anderson, but have you ever been in a situation like that on a football team in the NFL where something like that happened? Cause I've been racking my brain and I'm not so sure I've ever been involved in something like that, where a player was kicked off the field um, and then boom, traded away. Uh, uh, so I was just wondering if you ever had a situation like that.
2: We, I did. Yeah. With Jeff Otah, who, you know, well, we drafted, um, oh. we, yeah, we were playing at Atlanta and I was talking to the guys in the booth about this off the air. And I, cause I did, couldn't remember the year, but we, we were at Atlanta and, and Jeff, had been frustrated because he had an injury and, and the team thought that it was time for him to get back on the field. And he was protesting that. And it was just one of those situations similar to Robbie. wasn't, it didn't come to blows on the field, but it sure it did in a little more subdued manner. You know what I mean? And after the game, they sent Jeff home on his own. he find your own way home. You're not coming with the team. And he got traded to the Jets thereafter. So similar situation, wow. but not with like not with a player yelling with the coach, a position coach, and going back and forth. We've seen that. But You and I were on the practice field one time. Sure, when, yeah. When Ricky Prohl was getting into it with Williamson, his receiver coach. But that was like an in-the-moment thing, and they cleared it up. So I, I was ecstatic that he got sent off the field. I mean, when, you can't make things go from bad to worse and you know it's probably like like wilk said we wish the best for him and moving on but i, I think the sideline the team's going to be better for that so that was important for me to to see i i do want to ask you about tom brady and you know everything gets made big everything gets covered and all that but what did you think about him going to robert Kraft's wedding missing the saturday walkthrough, you know that whole deal jake he's 45 and it's hard to question anything he does with his resume but who knows? Maybe it left an impact on their performance on Sunday. So
3: I thought long and hard about this. Did not know you were going to ask this, but in watching and hearing about it, so I don't listen. It's the season, man, and and if a birth of a child or a funeral for a dear family member, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, I truly can. Um, That's hard for me. I know I couldn't do that. Now, Tom Brady has a lot more uh, rings on his finger than I do, to say the least. But the NFC Championship game, our Super Bowl year, Mike Minter, Moussin Muhammad, and myself, I think it was just us three, we had to fly to Philadelphia the Friday afternoon evening for a press conference that evening. And Coach Fox was with us, so we were not going to be able to be at walk through the Saturday morning. And our walkthrough through with Foxy was very light, if, if if you remember. And the team was coming yep. meet us. I was miserable. So we leave practice Friday. We don't miss anything. We fly that we 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 get to Philly. We do the press conference. We all, we go to dinner. Brian Porter's with with us. We we go to dinner and. It's like the team could not get there soon enough. I felt I missed a week of practice by not being at that walkthrough, not getting on that plane. For me as a player, I just – it was such a special time as a football team and I just didn't want to miss it. So that's hard for me. I, I understand the relationship with Mr. Kraft and all that, but, man, that's that's hard, Jordan. I don't know how you feel about it, but besides maybe a birth, a birth of a child or a funeral for a, a dear – um. You know, someone extremely close. That's I just the way I look at it.
2: I just I think, I think it's just team. I think it's odd that the owner of a football team would have his wedding the night before <laughs> you know, like most everyone he knows is gonna be somehow affiliated with football. It's like a major uh, maybe there's a pregnancy or something on the way that we don't know about that he had to tie the knot, you know, just to get <laughs> to legitimize things that are happening. Oh. Who knows, Jake? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought he, it was interesting. I have, I when have, you have no come
3: back or answer for that for that statement,
2: dude, dude. But here's the thing: like Brady, it's it's so odd to me that he's playing still because, like, there's there's no way his life is anywhere near similar to anyone in the whole building. You know what I mean? Like he's 45. He's made a ton of money. His wife's made a ton of money. He's got like mega business things. His wife's an international model and they fly around the world and in the off season. He's on like yachts in Italy. And then like, he's yelling at his old line to block better after he just went to the owner's, You know what I mean? It's like so much separation between him and the rest of the team. It's just – it's a weird one-off. I was thinking about this like with LeBron. So LeBron's a billionaire apparently, right? And he's on your team. Like isn't that – isn't athletics just gotten so crazy that there's these like international, like incredible net worth and like prominent guys that – like can be on your team and still be playing. It's just, I. I'm not really headed anywhere at this, but it's just worth note. It's just an odd deal.
3: Yeah, it's a, um, it's an odd deal, and, and hopefully they're uh, they're still trying to find their way uh, at Bank of America <laughs> Stadium this week. And and listen, I'm I'm, I'm 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 really I'm anxious to see what kind of crowd we have, Jordan. To be quite honest, I'm anxious to see what. Um, was it show up? I think you're going to have the Tom Brady crowd. I, I, there's no doubt that people are still going to want to catch a glimpse, which it could be the last time he ever plays in Charlotte, um, which it kind of looks like it's pointing to that way. But uh, I'm anxious to see if there's um, a, a little more life with some Panther fans. That uh, Steve Wilkes is now the, um, the, the, the interim head football coach and um, the statement that was made with the whole Robbie Anderson uh, bit. So I'm anxious to see um, how that plays out.
2: Well, you will be there firsthand to see. You're you just got one week, and then you're off again. I'm going to Atlanta next week, so you know, settle in, enjoy, and then get ready for another week off. I will look forward to the Panthers hopefully getting to two and five, Jake, because the only thing worse than one and five is one and six. So let's make sure I that agree. Tom and all his all his famousness doesn't have too much fun at Bank of America Stadium. All right, Jake. So. Uh, we are the Jordan and Jake podcast, and we're powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice. But there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. All right, Jake, be good. Take care.